Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three, two, one. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. It is Friday, October 6th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is having a great day. I hope everybody's ready for a loaded Friday episode of the Aaron Torres pod, the FFE, the fun Friday edition. And we got a jam packed show for you on Wednesday show. We previewed the two big sec games, Bama at A&M Kentucky at Georgia. Today. We look at the rest of the slate, starting with the red river shootout from there. We'll talk again quickly about those two other games, as well as Notre Dame, Louisville, uh, LSU, Missouri, all the other games on the docket from there. We will take a quick break and boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do we have ourselves an update on the Mel Tucker situation? We'll tell you what the latest is. Uh, There's a lot going on there. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is just an unreal story as new documents were released on Thursday. And then finally on a much lighter note, we will wrap as we do every Friday. With where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, America's favorite podcast segment, busy show, fun show. Before we get started, by the way, Kentucky, beautiful people of Kentucky. I've been there. I've been to Lexington. I've been to Louisville. I've been to Rafferty's. I've been to uh, that chicken place. I can't remember, but whatever. The bottom line is the beautiful state of Kentucky. Great things are happening and legal sports betting has come to the state of Kentucky. And here is the good news. The Aaron Torres Pod and Aaron Torres Pod YouTube. We have partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And here is the cool part. As legal sports betting comes to you, beautiful people of Kentucky, the great news is that DraftKings has an exclusive offer for listeners of the Aaron Torres Pod. This is all you got to do. Bet $5 on any game. First of all, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Bet $5 on any game and you'll get $200 in bonus bets instantly. When you use the promo code TORS, it's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. First time customers bet $5 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets. You got to use the code TORS, though. By the way, TORS has always had your back. I've defended Calipari. I've defended Mark Stoops in the dark days. Have TORS is back. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code TORS. But that said, there is no more waste, no more time to waste. So let's get to the topic of the day. 
And the topic of the day, bluntly, we have another really awesome weekend of college football ahead. And what we started doing was on the Wednesday show, we start to preview some of the bigger games, and I'm glad we did. If you missed Wednesday's show, go back and download it. We talked Kentucky, Georgia. We talked Bama A&M. Today, I want to look at the rest of the slate, though, starting with the game that is always one of those circle your calendar games, and that is the Red River Shootout. Yes, we still call it the Red River Shootout here on the Aaron Torres pod. And what is interesting is this. Texas, as of Wednesday, was about a six and a half point favorite. They are down to five points in the DraftKings Sportsbook as I record here on late Thursday into Friday. The over-under set at 60 and a half. Let me start by saying this. I want to do something that a lot of people in the media won't do. I want to give Texas a little bit of credit, okay? So the bottom line with Texas, you know, to me, what stands out about Texas is really what I said about the Longhorns after they beat Bama in week two in Tuscaloosa. If you remember at the time, it was the whole conversation. Is Texas back? Is Texas not back? And what I said was, look, Texas has won big games before. They've beaten Oklahoma. They've beaten other good teams in the Big 12. They beat Georgia in that Sugar Bowl. Texas winning a big game doesn't mean they're back. They're supposed to win big games. They're Texas. They have the number, probably the best recruiting base in in all the country. Some would argue it's the best job in college football. What I said, though, was Texas will be back when they do the Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan thing of playing inferior competition, knowing that competition is inferior and beating the crap out of them. Right. That's what Georgia does. That's what Michigan does. That's what Ohio State does. And for Texas to be back, it's not just about the big games, but how do you respond to success? Well, as a credit to Texas, they did struggle in the first half against Wyoming right after beating Alabama, but they took care of Wyoming. They destroyed Baylor on the road. And then last week, as somebody who bet Kansas, I can tell you that game was not even competitive. Texas was the better team from start to finish, deeper, et cetera, and they got the win at home coming into this one. And when I look at Texas, what really stands out, you know, part of being back, and we'll see if they really are, it's it's not just having a star player or a star recruit or a good recruiting class. It's about being good across the board, and that's what stands out to me about this Texas team. Texas is, in my opinion, this is probably the most balanced Texas team since the Colt McCoy era. Quinn Ewers is a first-round pick at quarterback. They have the best skill position guys in college football, or, or in the Big 12, excuse me, A.D. Mitchell, uh, Xavier Worthy. You go on and on down the list. Jatavian Sanders, the, the the tight end who was banged up, but he should be fine for this game. All the draft experts say Kelvin Banks, the offensive tackle, will be the first offensive lineman taken in the first round for Texas in forever when he's draft eligible a year from now. The defense has dudes all over the place. And you look at the stats, it's backed up. Some teams are good at one thing or another. Great on offense, great on defense, struggle here, struggle there. Texas is completely balanced. Top 20 offense, top 20 defense, don't turn the ball over, top 20 turnover margin. They just are a sound football team. Doesn't mean they're going to win on Saturday, but what it means is this is what a national championship college football playoff type team is supposed to look like. From the Oklahoma perspective, I think it's really interesting because I think most of you probably haven't watched Oklahoma at all this year. They're 5-0, and year two under Brent Venables. It did not go well last year. But I said in the preseason, I said, Oklahoma, remember, 
They went six and seven. They lost five of those seven games by a touchdown or less, four of them by a field goal or less. I mean, that is insane, the margins. And I said, if they're just a little bit better on defense, they should be much improved this year. Well, they haven't played the toughest competition for sure. Their five wins are against Arkansas State. That was the game where Butch Jones was crying on the sideline. Uh, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. But to their credit, they're beating the crap out of pretty much everybody. And what stands out to me is two things specifically with this team. One, the offense is awesome and explosive with Dylan Gabriel at quarterback. Okay, Dylan Gabriel last year, I said, remember I just said a minute ago, five of their seven losses were by a touchdown or less. The only two that were not were against Texas and TCU in games where Dylan Gabriel got hurt and he missed the Texas game altogether. And so I bring it up because every game he played in was close and now he has been back at full strength and he has been balling over the course of this season. 76% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, eight different Oklahoma players have scored a touchdown and the defense is starting to look like what we expected from a Brent Venables defense. Remember, he was the longtime Clemson defensive coordinator. He comes over last year. I don't think there's very much talent. This year, they do one thing exceptionally well. They force a lot of turnovers. Number 12 in the country in turnover margin. Number two in total turnovers forced. And oh, by the way, they are number one in total interceptions with 10, which is just an insane, insane, insane number. And so I bring it up because I bring it up because why I want to discuss it is I want to start breaking down this game. But I guess what I would say with Oklahoma is as good as they've looked, I have two concerns coming into this game. Texas went to Alabama and proved they could win. With Oklahoma, my concerns are are, are multifold. One, they really haven't played anybody. As I said, best team that they've probably beaten, maybe a three and two SMU team. The Cincinnati team they beat is two and three and has lost three straight. Iowa State is two and three. Haven't played great competition. Two, Dylan Gabriel, while good, has been a different quarterback in conference play. He had 11 touchdowns, no interceptions in uh, the out-of-conference games, in two conference games, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and 67% completion percentage. Certainly good, but it's way down from the out-of-conference portion of the slate where he completed 82% of his passes. But then three, that defense. Okay, So this isn't here for me to tear it down, pick it apart, whatever. But at the same time, I I do think it is important to note when it comes to Oklahoma and that defense specifically, okay? When you look at that defense, what's interesting? Number 30 in total defense, that's good. The pass defense is not great, though. 52nd nationally. And where they've been able to get out of trouble is what I just said a minute ago, forcing a million turnovers. Number two in turnovers forced, number one in interceptions. And so I guess my question becomes with Oklahoma, and this happened a little bit with USC last year, and I'm not comparing USC. I know who coaches at USC. We 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 know that. But what I am saying is pretty straightforward, is if you look at this game, I guess my question is pretty straightforward. Is Oklahoma's defense, it's certainly improved, okay? It's, it's clearly improved. But is it improved enough, or is it being covered by the fact that they are forcing a ton of turnovers? And if they can't force turnovers, if Texas, Texas, which is a top 20 offense and top 20 in turnover margin, they don't turn over the football. If Oklahoma isn't forcing turnovers, can they win? And so in the end, I got to take Texas to win. I got to take Texas to cover in this game. 
because at the end of the day, I just, I know what I'm getting from Texas complete team, um, established quarterback, great skill position guys, the defense. I think they're just a little further along in the rebuild. Oklahoma, they signed a top 10 class last year. I think it was number five in the country. They're going to sign another top 10 class this year. Their defensive line, they are stacking it up. And I actually have more faith today than certainly I did a year ago with Brent Venables. I was critical of Brent Venables, but he's been, I, I think the last year he's been pretty good coming out of last season. He's recruited really well, did well on the portal. This is a good team. In my opinion, these are the two best teams in the Big 12. I do believe, obvi- listen, obviously the winner of this game has the inside track to the Big 12 championship game. But I look at this game and I just think Texas is the better team. I think Texas wins outright at the Red River shootout. Really quickly, uh, a couple other games, and then we'll take a quick break, talk about Mel Tucker. But uh, first of all, the two big SEC games I talked about on Wednesday's show, I won't spoil them. But what I will say is a couple things. One, as I said, Kentucky historically plays Georgia really tough. Does that mean they're going to win? Not necessarily. Do I think it's going to be competitive? Absolutely. I think there's no doubt, and Kentucky fans will be the first to tell you, Devin Leary has to be better. 9 of 19 last week against Florida. They didn't need him to be great. They will need him to be great against Georgia. I think the positives for Kentucky, one, Ray Davis is not only awesome, we saw him nine yards per carry last week, but at the same time, what stood out to me is that Georgia's run defense has been elite the last five years. It's good this year. I think it's ranked 40th or so in college football, maybe 30, 31, 32, something like that. They've been either number one or number two for each of the last five years. So you can move the ball on Georgia. The other thing about Kentucky, they force a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions. Maxwell uh, Hairston, I believe, was the name of the kid that had two pick sixes the other day, was the SEC Defensive Player of the Week or Special Teams Player of the Weeks. Uh, And I bring it up because they are going to need that kind of effort from him and from that defense. And I think if they can get it, they're going to be competitive. Carson Beck, young quarterback, I think he can be exposed. Uh, But that is kind of my thought on that. Again, Wednesday's show, I had the full preview of Kentucky, Georgia. Then I had the full preview of of, uh, Alabama, Texas A&M as well. And what I would say about A&M, I know everybody, nobody wants to give Jimbo credit for anything. But really quickly, all I'll say about A&M, the coaching hires as of right now are working. Bobby Petrino is working. That offense that did not score 40 points all of last year is averaging 37 points per game and put up 33 against Arkansas last week. Defense, those young guys, part of that 2022 recruiting class, they're starting to come alive. They're starting to come alive. Walter Nolan looks like what a number one player in America should look like. He was the number one player of Ameri- in America in 2022. Uh, some of the other guys, some of the older guys, not just the 2022 guys, but Shamar Turner's been playing well. Edron Cooper's playing well. That Texas A&M defensive line gets after people. I think that's bad news for Jalen Milrow. Full preview on Wednesday's show. Don't want to spoil it. Think we, if you want to call it an upset, I think the home team probably takes care of business on Saturday. Really quickly, let's get to some other games from the weekend. Uh, One, interesting top 25 matchup between Notre Dame and Louisville uh, under the lights Saturday night in Louisville. Uh, This is a game from a betting perspective, Louisville, or excuse me, um, Notre Dame is about a five and a half point favorite, six point favorite coming off that, that emotional last second win against Duke. Talk about two emotional swings. Notre Dame's about a play away 
from being 2-0 and in the last two weeks and probably being like a top five team in the country. They're also about two plays away from being 0-2 uh, in those games and being a fringe top 25 team. They go to Louisville, and the, the, the thing that stands out from the Louisville perspective, first of all, Jeff Brom's a dude. Jeff Brom's a stud. We talked so much last coaching cycle about Hugh Freeze, about Deion Sanders, about whomever. Jeff Brom was as good of a hire as anybody. And maybe it was because it happened a little bit later. Luke Fickle leaves for Cincinnati. Cincinnatti takes a while to find their guy. They get Scott Satterfield. Then Jeff Brom goes to Louisville. But for whatever reason, I don't feel like we talked about it enough. And Jeff Brom has just been phenomenal early. 5-0 and for Louisville, ranked in the top 25, the number 11 offense in the country. But I do like Notre Dame to win this game. And part of it is just being more battle-tested. You know, listen, they they won at Duke last week. Duke's a really good team. Played Ohio State, as I just said, down to the final play a few weeks ago. Easily could have won that game. Destroyed NC State at NC State, which, by the way, is where Louisville last played and had to win 13-10. And so I know that was a weird game, weird whatever. But I just think Louisville's a little bit less battle-tested. And I think the other thing that stands out, Louisville's kind of a big play offense. They rely on big plays, big moments. They are number two in the country in plays of 30-plus yards behind only Washington. Well, guess who has a top 10 uh, pass defense in terms of of fewest yards allowed? That's Notre Dame. I think they slow down the big play. I think Notre Dame wins. Speaking of big plays, LSU at Missouri. LSU gave up a lot of big plays last week. LSU is actually a six-point favorite in the DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, they play at Missouri. Missouri's one of the only three undefeated teams left in the SEC, Kentucky, Georgia, the other ones. And when I look at this game, you know, I, I think what stands out is a few things. One, I know I just said it about Louisville. I know I just said it about Oklahoma. We're going to learn a lot about Missouri this week. Their five wins are against South Dakota, Kansas State on a walk-off field goal that they easily could have, a, a game that easily could have gone overtime, they could have lost. Um, Memphis, and then they beat Vanderbilt last week. They have another game in there too. Who am I missing? Who am I missing from the Missouri perspective? It wasn't anybody very good. Vandy, Memphis, um, uh, from the Missouri perspective, Kansas State, South Dakota. Who's the one I'm missing? Oh, who could forget Middle Tennessee State? 23 to 19 winning that one. So Missouri's not very battle tested. Four point win over Middle Tennessee, three point win over Kansas State. Uh, touchdown win over Memphis. And when I look at this team, they have a great offense. LSU has a great offense. I guess the question is, it's ultimately going to be who gets more stops. LSU to me is much more battle tested. By the way, the bummer thing about LSU, that defense is so bad that it is overshadowing like an awesome, awesome offense that LSU has. LSU has the number one offense in all of the SEC right now. I actually think Jaden Daniels is playing at like a Heisman Trophy caliber level right now, currently completing 73% of his passes, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. How about this? Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, 77 catches, 14 touchdowns. The pair of wide receivers, they're the best wide receiver pair that I've seen in the country this year, but it doesn't matter because LSU's defense isn't stopping anybody. I'll also say this for LSU. I talked about being battle-tested. Missouri, they've played South Dakota, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State at home, Memphis on a neutral, and Vandy on the road. LSU, I don't know if I ever remember this. LSU, this is the first weekend in October. This will be LSU's third SEC road game, 
fourth SEC game overall. I've never heard of three SEC road games by the first weekend of October. One at Mississippi State, lost at Ole Miss last week, also beat Arkansas. I like LSU to win outright in this game. I think it's pretty high scoring. I'll say 37-30 is the final score with an LSU cover. And then finally, uh, a couple other ones. I think Ohio State takes care of Maryland. Maryland's undefeated. They You talk about teams that haven't played anybody. Maryland hasn't faced a team with a top 80 offense this year. Ohio State's coming off a bye, off that emotional win against Notre Dame, emotional win over Lou Holtz. I think Ohio State gets the win. Michigan, a 19-point favorite at Minnesota. Until further notice, Michigan's an auto-domination. They destroyed Nebraska. I think Michigan might be the best team in college football. Destroyed Nebraska last week. I like Michigan. In the SEC, one other game, Arkansas at Ole Miss. I know everybody at Arkansas is ready to turn on that uh, 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 coaching staff. I saw that Dan Enos, their offensive coordinator, was emailing students who were mad at him, which is just weird. I still think Arkansas covers, though. I don't know if they can win, but Ole Miss is coming off that emotional win. Arkansas, their quarterback, K.J. Jefferson, is from right down the street in Mississippi. I think he. I don't think he always plays well against Ole Miss because of it. I think it's close. I'll say Ole Miss 35 Oh, uh, uh, Arkansas 31. I just want to do, I want to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to do something different. We're going to do a quick best bet involving a team that I have not talked about yet. And then from there, we are going to talk a little Mel Tucker because we got a Mel Tucker update on Thursday. That is absolutely worth discussing. Quick break. Be right. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. It's time for another edition of AT's Best Bets, presented by our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook. Remember, listeners of the Aaron Torres Pod get a special deal courtesy of DraftKings. New customers bet $5 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets when you use the code Torres. That's Torres, T-O-R-R-E-S. Let's get into the best bet of the week. And I'll say this. Over the last couple of weeks, we've done eight, nine, 10-minute previews. When Colorado has played Nebraska, Colorado State, USC, Oregon, whoever, we only need two minutes here today to tell you 
Colorado is a four-point favorite this weekend at Arizona State. Colorado is my best bet, minus four. I think this is their biggest, most dominant win of the season. Bottom line is when you look at Colorado, I think there's been so much talk about this defense. What people don't realize, this defense has faced some incredible offenses. Did you know that of, of Colorado's five opponents, four of them, TCU, Colorado State, Oregon, USC, all rank in the top 30 nationally? Arizona State, not so much, 111th nationally. So I think this defense has a great day. By the way, some added depth as Cormani McLean gets more comfortable, the five-star who I thought played very well last week. Speaking of playing very well, this offense has never not been able to move the ball on pretty much anybody they've played all year. Maybe Oregon, but outside of that, they have moved the ball on everybody. Well, Shador Sanders now has a new weapon in Amarion Miller, and I think it's worth mentioning Alton McCaskill, a star running back, a star transfer Got on the field last week for the first time after an injury. I think he, he gets more comfortable. I think that run game gets more comfortable. I think Colorado wins and wins in a big way this weekend. That is your best bet. That is your preview of Colorado, Arizona State. Give me Colorado 42, Arizona State 14, a dominant Colorado win. That is your AT best bet of the week. Remember, new customers of the DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings is our partner. DraftKings offering an incredible deal. Bet $5 on any game. Get $200 in bonus bets when you use the code Torres. That is your AT best bet of the week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus all right I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. I do want to, I want to switch gears and I do want to give another fascinating update on a topic that we continue to talk about here on the Aaron Torres pod and the Aaron Torres pod YouTube channel. That is the ever evolving situation at Michigan state where a few weeks ago, Mel Tucker was fired. We talked about coaching candidates. We talked about urban Meyer just a few days ago, but there was a very new, interesting twist on Thursday. On Thursday, lawyers representing Mel Tucker released text messages that are alleged to have belonged to the woman that accused Mel Tucker of sexual harassment. That is the woman named Brenda Tracy, who we have discussed so much over the last couple of weeks. We're going to get into what the text messages said momentarily, but let me not beat around the bush. It is clear that Mel Tucker is fighting for his name as he should. It is clear that he is very much fighting for the money that he believes is owed to him. If these text messages are true and accurate and can be confirmed, let me also say this. Sprenda Tracy woman, not a very good person, to say the least. 
Uh, and I do think we could probably throw around the word extortion as to what she tried to do to Mel Tucker. So let's get into what we learned on Thursday, what it means for Mel Tucker's future and her future as well. So obviously the backstory here, everybody knows. I'm not going to spend 10 minutes talking about it. Mel Tucker was the head coach at Michigan State. Uh, he hired a woman named Brenda Tracy. Brenda Tracy was a sexual assault survivor who became a sexual assault advocate going from campus to campus, speaking to teams and schools, etc., about essentially respecting women, all that good stuff. At some point, she had uh, she and Mel Tucker began a relationship that went beyond just her getting hired once every six months or a year by Michigan State. Um, she claimed that, you know, he got a little too aggressive and invited her over to the room. Uh, she declined whatever. He said it was completely consensual. And it all kind of, you know, kind of came to a, a boiling point, if you will. I'm trying to find an appropriate way to describe it. When there was an alleged sexual, uh, there was a, essentially phone sex. So let's just call it what it was. Um, and at that point, Mel Tucker claimed it was completely consensual. Brenda Tracy claimed that it was not consensual. She was uncomfortable. Uh, and that was when she essentially, we believed, reported him to Michigan State. Since then, uh, basically, it's been a back and forth publicly. Again, Mel Tucker claiming that everything was completely consensual, adult relationship, etc. Brenda Tracy claiming that he crossed the line uh, as somebody who hired her as a vendor. So why this I'm bringing this up and where the new information comes from. Mel Tucker's lawyers on Thursday released some text messages that had never been before seen between Brenda Tracy and her former assistant, who unfortunately passed away in a car crash not too long ago. Um, and again, these text messages do not make Brenda Tracy look like a good person. I'm going to read a couple of them verbatim so there's no confusion. Everyone kind of understands what's going on. Let's dive into some of the text messages that were released uh, just as I said on Thursday. The first group uh, involves, you know, the idea of is this a consensual relationship? Is it not? This is a text message that came from January of 2022. So ironically, about two months after Mel Tucker signed that long term contract. This is Brenda Tracy texting her assistant. She says, Coach Tucker told me he loved me last night. It wasn't weird, though. He made sure I knew it was about being a friend. Her friend responded in another news, LOL, Coach Tucker isn't going anywhere. Tracy said, definitely not. He went to some retreat for his birthday, came back all zen. He's one of those in another life. She continued, I guess they talked about trauma. And he said he thought about me and how amazing it is that I can speak about mine. He said, I'm a brilliant human and too special for this world. All right. So that right there, I think pretty bluntly, um, you know, knocks out the idea that this conversation was anything but consensual when a man tells a woman that he loves her and she seems very comfortable with it. Uh, for the most part, I would say generally that sounds like a consensual relationship to me. Again, I will let the lawyers figure this all out in a court. Beyond that, Brenda Tracy, again, a vendor for the Michigan State University football team, um, you know, she said publicly she would never take gifts from 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 her clients. You know, that crosses a line. Well, here is what she texted her assistant uh, in November, even before Mel Tucker told her told him that he loved her. He said Michigan State might be going to the Rose Bowl or one of the other major ones. We should check this calendar and keep dates open. I know Coach Tucker would give us tickets. She then continued a week or so later texting her friend about Tucker and his new contract saying, Tucker signed his contract. 
I can't even wrap my brain around $95 million. Yeesh. She then continued in the same text message chain. Can you imagine around 700 K going into your bank account every month, every month? Crazy. She then continued. And a few months later, about a year later, I should say, we got more texts that speak to the fact that bluntly, this was about money. And bluntly, if this is all accurate, this is all alleged at this point, that she's trying to extort Mel Tucker. She tells her friend that she has a lawyer reaching out on her behalf to Michigan State, basically bringing forward this relationship and trying to get a settlement out of Michigan State. Here is what she texted in September of 2022. Karen, a lawyer, is reaching out to the head lawyer at Michigan State to discuss what this might look like moving forward. She's going to gauge their response and we will go from there, but sounds like we will be asking Tucker to not speak on me or the incident and him or MSU will need to make an anonymous donation to STE, which is her set the expectation uh, business so that we can work it out further. She continues, and this is where it gets interesting. Um, She basically said later on that, or in the text messages, it comes out that she is down to $5 to her name. And here is also what she said. She said, apparently I was supposed to be paying down my 2018 taxes and not staying caught up on the other years because now the IRS wants their money, she said in December of 2022. So this is about two months after she reached out to Michigan State. Here's the money quote. I have to come up with 25K over the next six weeks. So, oh, by the way, I should mention, it also came out in her text messages that she is having a a, 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 a a personal relationship with another married coach that would be Damon Stoudemire then of the Boston Celtics now the head coach at Georgia Tech he's got his own issues to figure out whatever I guess what I'm trying to say and I guess why I feel like this import this update is so important is because of what those text messages reveal let's go back to the first one January of 2022 coach Tucker told me he loved me last night it wasn't weird though That sounds like a consensual relationship to me. Two, it is very clear she needed money, and it is very clear, bluntly, that she tried to extort him going to his employer, asking for a settlement before it went public. And then in some stuff that I haven't even shared, she was basically shopping around this story to multiple places before USA Today eventually got it. Um, And that was the story that has been referenced so many times on this podcast and others. All right, so let's break it down and let me discuss this from a few different angles. Let me start by saying this. Mel Tucker has claimed from the beginning that this is a consensual relationship between two consenting adults. And if these text messages are accurate, and again, there's no reason to think that they're not, he looks to be 100% right and 100% in the wrong. Obviously, his career is in turmoil right now as he battles all of this. And it's very clear Brenda Tracy's career probably is pretty much over at this point. She is someone, if all of this is accurate, I have zero sympathy for. Um, obviously, this news comes on the heels of the Trevor Bauer stuff from a few days ago, which I did not talk about. But the Trevor Bauer stuff was scary and sad. And he shared text messages that were released during court. He shared video that was released during court. It was clear that Trevor Bauer lost three years of his career over a, an allegation that was not accurate. I bring it up to say Brenda Tracy, what she claims in that USA Today report does not feel as though it is accurate. And if it is inaccurate, her career is over 
And like I said, just not a very good person. And I'm not here to talk about uh, victims and allegations and this and that. But obviously, look, there are a lot of really, really awful things that happen to a lot of people all the time. And this isn't a crime podcast. This isn't a true crime podcast, so I'm not going to get into it. Um, But every time that an allegation like this happens, whether it's Trevor Bauer, whether it's Mel Tucker, every time an allegation like this happens, um, it discredits the people that really need the help. And that's the disappointing part. And that's the tough part, you know, for me here, not that. Team Mel Tucker or Team Brenda Tracy, it's that, you know, listen, we we all try to do our jobs to the best of our abilities. Um, and she basically, I don't want to say made up a story, but it was clear that it appears as though she was trying to get financial gain. I think her career is over. I think her speaking career is over. I don't know what she is doing, but she is not a person that should be uh, speaking at universities, uh, you know, uh, speaking to young men, uh, because by all accounts, she does not appear to be a very good person. At the same time, let me say this about Mel Tucker too. Um, Mel Tucker, listen, I think it is clear that this was, as he said, a very consensual relationship. I do feel bad that he was extorted or, or she tried to extort him. But let me also say this. This is not Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer was a single man, met a woman in a random place. Whatever happened there happened there. Whatever he was accused of, we found out about the other day. This Mel Tucker deal is different, though, and let me explain why. And while I feel bad for Mel Tucker, some of this is on him as well. Be clear, not saying it's Mel Tucker's fault, but here's the bottom line. One, unlike Trevor Bauer, Mel Tucker, we believe to be a married man, okay? Um, And this goes back to what I've said all along. Now, Mel Tucker claims that him and his wife are estranged. We don't know the timeline on that. By the way, all of this kind of came out in September, October, November, December of 2022. And so if that's the case, were they estranged before this? Were they estranged, estranged because of this? But at the same time, if you're married, do not be stupid and do not get involved with any other women that's not your wife. I'm not saying it's okay what Brenda Tracy did. I'm not excusing her behavior. I'm not excusing her actions in all of this. But if you are a married man, do not engage in this behavior. Let me take it a step further. Even if you are not married, even if you were estranged, you shouldn't have gotten involved with a vendor of the school. We've talked about it a million times. We'll talk about it here. But the bottom line is, listen, if you truly are estranged, if you're not married, you're entitled to date. You're entitled to go out there. You're entitled to meet other people. But the second you start involving people that you met through your work that were hired by your employer, it is almost assuredly not going to end well. And so, again, this is different than a lot of other situations. This would be different than if Mel Tucker met Brenda Tracy uh, the teacher, Mel, uh, Brenda Tracy, the librarian, Brenda Tracy, the 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 waitress, Brenda Tracy, the the whatever business owner. This was a vendor of the school. And so because of it, I don't think it is going to end well for Mel Tucker. It goes back to what I said a few weeks ago or a few minutes ago. Ever since the information started coming out, remember, we had the Saturday report into Sunday. Mel Tucker is suspended. And by Monday morning, you start to get a feel that this is probably a consensual relationship. We start to get a feel. Mel Tucker referenced in his statement through his lawyer that she wished him a happy Father's Day months after this alleged incident happened with him and her on the phone. At the same time, at the same time, you cannot do that 
if you are married and if she is a vendor of the school. If she's not a vendor of the school, if she doesn't, if she wasn't hired by your employer, it's completely different. But once you do that, you put yourself in a situation like this where you can get in trouble. And so to be blunt, I don't think Mel Tucker is going to get his money after all this. Because I think that's the next question, right? Is he going to get his money? He was clearly extorted. Listen, I'll leave the extortion stuff to the courts. But what I can tell you is those contracts, football contracts, whatever, are written in such a manner that if you do anything dumb, the school can pretty much fire you for anything, okay? And so with Mel Tucker, he did do something that made the university look bad, which is the simple way of the uh, of talking about the legal violation that he broke of his contract. The legal violation is like, don't do anything that's conduct detrimental to the university. Well, having a potential extramarital affair with a woman who was hired by the university is exactly that. And so do I expect him to get his money? I don't. Because at the end of the day, he was fired not for an extramarital affair, not for sexual harassment, but ultimately at the end of the day, because she was a vendor of the university. And I think that's something that is going to hold up as time goes on. So we will see what happens. I do think this does look good for Mel Tucker. I do think this certainly looks terrible for Brenda Tracy. And I do think Mel Tucker pretty quickly is going to be able to bounce back. I would not be surprised if he gets hired this offseason in an analyst role, in a coordinator role, whatever. I don't think he's going to be a head coach. But at the same time, it is hard for me to feel bad. When you have $95 million at stake, you can't be doing these kinds of things. I feel bad that it ended the way that it did. But again, he largely has no one to blame but himself. Feel bad for him. Certainly, if everything is true, it's just, I don't even know what else to say at this point. But at the end of the day, 95 million on the line. I'm far from perfect. I've said it a million times. I make mistakes every day, but you cannot be doing this with a vendor of the university. And because of it, I don't think you're getting your money. All right, so what I want to do, I do want to take a quick break. I do want to come back with something much, much, much lighter. And I do want to wrap with America's favorite podcast segment where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. We will take a quick break. We will be right back. Aaron Wright, Aaron Wrong. Be right back. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. Final segment of the week. So good to be back. And I do want to go ahead and wrap, as I do every Friday, with America's favorite podcast segment, where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. For those who are new to the show, yes, I stole this from my buddy Colin Cowherd. Colin does where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong. I decided to bring it to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast for one very simple reason. It is because over the course of a week, a month, a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, nobody loves giving out more hot sports takes than your boy Torres. And when Torres gets stuff right, boy, oh boy, does he like telling you about it. Torres said this, Torres said that, should have listened to Torres. Why didn't you listen to Torres? Torres, Torres. I never shut up. So that's why we do where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong, because every single week I get a lot of stuff right. But when I get stuff wrong too, I got to own it. So let's get to it where Aaron was right, where Aaron was wrong. My best and worst sports takes of the week. Where Aaron was right. A week ago, I came on this show. And I said the Kentucky Wildcats, as a one-point favorite at home, they are beating the Florida Gators. All the money was coming in on Florida. I did not care. I said Kentucky is winning, and that's exactly what happened. Listen, by now, we've gone through it all. 
but I still think it was a little jarring to see just how dominant this team was. Incredible team, incredible performance, incredible effort. And the crazy part was they were just better than Florida at every single spot on the field. I know we talked about it on Monday's show, but what Mark Stoops has done to build up this program, to create a team that just pushed Florida all over the field, that made Florida say mercy. They shoved them in a locker. They twisted their arm and made them say mercy. It is unbelievable. So credit to Mark Stoops. What he has done is surreal. Ton of credit to him. Kentucky, I think, is just not only a good team this year, but they've evolved into one of the most consistent programs in all of college football, and that was accentuated last week with their dominant win over Florida, where Aaron was wrong. Listen, I, I, I've i tried to defend Billy Napier. Like, Billy Napier, I'll say this. Billy Napier, Florida head football coach. He's the first coach that I've ever seen a fan base turn on before he ever coached a game. Two years ago, in recruiting, summer before his first season, he's losing recruits left and right, and Florida fans are like, he's not the guy. And so I said, give this guy time. He's going to figure it out. He's going to be fine. But the problems with Florida are so obvious, and I don't, like, I think the concern that I would have if I was a Florida fan, Florida should never be this bad in the transfer portal era. This is the second time in a row that Florida just got punked at the line of scrimmage first by Utah with a backup quarterback this past week by Kentucky. And I keep saying, you're the Florida Gators. I understand Dan Mullen left a mess, but at the same time, in the transfer portal era, when you've had essentially four recruiting cycles in the portal, two in the winter, two in the spring, you should never be this bad. And so I want to give Billy Napier the credit benefit of the doubt. I know it's going to take time, and I know that 2024 recruiting class is looking really good. But at the same time, there is no excuse to be as bad as you are if you're the Florida Gators. He's got to turn it around. He's got to start winning some games that matter. I know Tennessee helped last week, but all or a few weeks ago, excuse me, but all that goodwill is now gone after getting embarrassed by the Kentucky Wildcats, where Aaron was right. So listen, I thought it was a hot sports take when on Wednesday's show, I said, I think Texas A&M is beating Alabama at home. Then I start looking around the internet, looking around the web, And all of a sudden, it feels like everybody's picking Texas A&M. Listen, we'll see if the game prediction is right, but I think my thinking is very much falling in line with what everybody thinks about this game. You can criticize Jimbo Fisher in the past. You can question how that 2022 recruiting class came together. But this is the NIL era, and this this team's a couple things. One, it is really well put together. And two, I think with Jimbo taking his hands off the offense, this team's very well coached too. Bobby Petrino is doing everything he's been asked to do. This offense is moving the ball up and down the field, 37 points per game, and the defense gets better every week. Again, we'll see if they can actually do it on Saturday. I'm not taking a victory lap on Texas A&M just yet. But at the same time, I am a little surprised. It feels like early in the week, it was kind of like either side could go. Now I'm talking to people in Tuscaloosa that like Texas A&M. I'm talking to people in College Station that like Texas A&M. The media fans, it seems like a lot of people like A&M to win this game. Where Aaron was wrong. So when LSU lost to Florida State uh, in week one, I said, come on, let's pump the brakes on LSU. Let's chill out on LSU. There is a chance that this LSU team could just be, LSU could have just run into a juggernaut in Florida State. Well, turns out, Maybe Florida State is really good, but this LSU defense also stinks. Okay, we just criticized Billy Napier year two. There should never be that much of a lack 
of skill on the Florida Gators? Well, I don't care how bad the situation was that Brian Kelly inherited. I don't care about the scholarship numbers. I don't care about any of that. LSU should never, ever, ever, ever give up 700 yards and 55 points to any opponent like they did last week. Listen, I still believe in Brian Kelly, but this year specifically, this looks like an eight and four football team, right? They're three and two right now. They still have at Alabama an AM team at home that all of a sudden looks pretty good. Um, and, and, and some other tough games throughout the rest of the season. So we'll see how it all comes together. But again, I thought this was a team when they lost to Florida state, there's nothing to worry about. They'll figure it out. That Bama game is going to be everything. Well, now I think you look at pretty much every game on LSU schedule, starting with this week against Missouri and nothing is going to come easy to them where Aaron was right. Let's switch over to college hoops for a second. So I mentioned on Wednesday's show that Alabama has picked up a commitment from a five-star center named Aiden Sherrill. And what I will say about this is something I keep coming back to. I remember watching Alabama in year one under Nate Oates when they weren't very good. That was the 2020 COVID season. Everything got canceled because of COVID, right? But earlier in that season, they played Auburn at home at Coleman Coliseum on like a Tuesday, Wednesday night. And they were playing up and down all the stuff that we see now, spacing, ball movement, three-point shooting. And I said, this Alabama team, Nate Oates is going to be able to have a ton of success there recruiting because of the style that they play. Well, fast forward, Aiden Sherrill is just the latest example. Nate Oates is recruiting at a level at Alabama, the likes of which we've never seen. Brandon Miller. Uh, you know, Aiden Sherrill, I just mentioned, you look through some of the other guys, some of them worked out, some of them didn't. Javon Quinterly was a star. Jaden Bradley, a really good player in high school. Uh, Noah Clowney's already in the professional ranks. Josh Primo's in the professional ranks. Credit to Nate Oates. He is not only a good coach on the court, but he plays a style of play that players want to be a part of. It is showing in recruiting. And by the way, it's showing on NBA draft night. I think you'd be surprised if you saw how many Alabama players are in the pros right now. So credit to Nate Oates on that. Where Aaron was wrong. And this is starting to become a theme. Wrong on some SEC teams, programs, and coaches. Talked about Billy Napier. Talked about Brian Kelly. We need to discuss Sam Pittman really quick. Now listen, I'm not as down on Sam Pittman as maybe the Arkansas fan base is. I think they bounce back and perform well against Ole Miss this weekend. But at the same time, they got pushed around last week by Texas A&M. Now, it turns out Texas A&M, they might just be that good along the defensive front. Nick Saban even said this week, like, that is the best defensive line that we have seen all year. But at the same time, Sam Pittman, you're an O-line coach. Your O-line can't get bullied and punked like they did on Saturday. Now, listen, there's a bigger conversation about what happens if Arkansas misses a bowl game. Is he going to survive? How bad is it really getting? That's a conversation for another day, and that's a conversation that might pick up if things go badly against Ole Miss this weekend. But at the same time, we got to call a spade a spade. Sam Pittman, this program, it seemed as though they peaked in that kind of year two 2021 season, struggled last year, certainly struggling this year, sitting at two and three. And it's hard to find four more wins on the schedule to get bowl eligible, although I will readily admit it'd be a good place to start this weekend. Where Aaron... Was right. All right, I'm going to talk about the biggest story in sports here for half a second. Don't get mad at me. I do want to talk about Taylor Swift because, listen, everybody, Torres, why would you talk about it? Why is the NFL so doing this? Why are they doing that? They're spending too much time on Taylor Swift. Well, did you see the ratings for Sunday Night Football Chiefs at Jets? 
27 million people watched Jets Chiefs on Sunday night. It was the most watched Sunday program. Remember, we've had five weeks of the NFL now, had a college football game. It is the biggest Sunday programming since the Super Bowl. 27 million people. People say, oh, come on, it's the Jets, it's New York, it's the Chiefs, it's Mahomes. No, 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 no. The stats are there for you. How about this? A 54% increase in female viewership between the ages of 12 and 17. It essentially, I don't want to say it doubled, but it was up significantly. There are other stats to back up that Taylor Swift dating a Kansas City Chiefs player is drawing in casual fans, young fans, female fans. I don't want to stereotype because I know there's young people and there are females that like football, but it is bringing in more of them than had been there before. So I saw the NFL. I actually give them a little credit. They're not backing down from this. They're not saying that we apologize for the over the over coverage of Taylor Swift. But the bottom line remains, there is a reason that they are promoting Taylor Swift. It is because people care and people are tuning in at what are essentially not quite record rates, but the numbers speak for themselves. Finally, where Aaron was wrong. So I want to go to last year's NFL draft, top two quarterbacks in the draft. I thought Bryce Young would be phenomenal. I thought C.J. Stroud would be a fine NFL quarterback, but I didn't trust him because he didn't play well in big games outside of that college football playoff last year. Well, we're now through, what, four games of their rookie year, essentially a quarter of the season. C.J. Stroud is awesome. Right now, 1,200 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions through those twelve through those four games. Meanwhile, Bryce Young, and I know he was banged up, but 500 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. And at times he has looked overwhelmed. There isn't a lot of juice on his ball. He's not throwing the deep ball very well. I think he's averaging like four and a half, five yards per completion. So listen, this isn't the time to overreact and Bryce Young stinks and he's a bust. But I will say, CJ Stroud looks a lot better than I expected. And when you start off this well as a rookie, I find it hard to believe that you're going to regress. Now, if you start off struggling like a Trey Lance, like a Zach Wilson, then it's sometimes hard to get it back. But when you start off this good, it usually means that you know what you're doing. All right. I think that's it for this Friday episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast. I do think it is time for me to get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you are subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter at Aaron Torres pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. The new TikTok, by the way, Aaron Torres pod as well. And finally, thank you to our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers bet $5 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets when you use DraftKings Sportsbook. That is all for today's show. It is time for me to get out of here. I appreciate every one of you and your support. Shout out to Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Shout out to JJ Reddick, you F-head unblock me, bro. I'll be back Monday. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to react to. Next, Aaron Torres. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.